0: I know what you all are thinking. Corey, where the heck have you been, man? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and a good afternoon if you're watching on the live stream on uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports on Pitt. This is a freshly baked episode of the H2P podcast. My name is Corey Crisson. Gary Morgan will be returning with us on the next episode that we record. Today is August nineteenth, two 2023. And the last time we hit the airwaves for a live episode of H2P was about one month ago. Again, what are you doing, Corey? Where have you been? Have you forgotten about us? Rest assured, I have not forgotten about this wonderful platform that we have, this H2P podcast platform. Things have been a little bit busy lately. Obviously, if you have been keeping up with what's going on at DK Pittsburgh Sports, I have spent the last three weeks in Latrobe, Pennsylvania covering Steelers training camp, an amazing experience, an amazing three weeks. But there was a bit of pacing to get underneath my feet underneath and obviously wanted to take some time to focus up on the pro football team around here. But now that we're back home, we're back on the south side. We have departed Latrobe. We have checked out of the Airbnbs. We have checked out of St. Vincent College. We are leaving the amazing food that they served, I will say. Really thankful for that spread on some of those nights. But we are back to regularly scheduled programming. And this is going to be a shorter show that we're going to go with today. About 15 minutes, just to kind of reset, just to kind of air the grievances, if you will, a little bit of where I've been, what's going on. The show is back now. We are going to be back to regularly scheduled episodes once a week here on DK Pittsburgh Sports, on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Spotify, wherever you get the show. And in segment two, I'm going to take a look at Pitt's schedule because um, I went on the ACC Nation podcast about a week ago with uh, Jim Quist and Will Ogin. and fantastic show. Uh, really great to reconnect with those guys. And we played the schedule game. You know, what could Pitt's record be this year? The over-under in Las Vegas is set currently at six and a half. Where are they going to lie with respect to that? I feel it's a low number, but then I looked at it and I said, hey, I understand it. Given a lot of replacements, a new quarterback, you're losing the ACC leading rusher. You're losing a unanimous All-American. You're losing a green dot linebacker like a Servossier Dennis. So we'll take a look at the schedule a little bit more. And we'll take a look at a win total that I feel comfortable picking Pitt at. And a win total that I think is not only attainable, but I would argue is likely for the Panthers. But this first segment, I want to talk a little bit about what I believe Pitt's ceiling could be and what I have heard coming out of practice. Now, being over in Latrobe, uh, obviously I haven't been able to absorb many Pitt practices uh, as they have begun their training camp on the south side and have gone through a couple of scrimmages over at Ackershire Stadium. What I have heard and what I've seen from the one day I was actually able to go over there and watch practice and observe and see things is the offense still has a little bit of way to go. And I'm not going to push the panic button. We're in mid August. I'm not going to look at Pitt and say, well, this is going to be an underwhelming team because I don't think that's going to be the case. In fact, I'm going to say the opposite. And I'm going to say that Pitt is going to be a team that's going to finish above their projection this year. I think they are a team that's going to finish above what they were voted to finish in the ACC this year. I think they are a team that could surprise and finish as high as the top three or four. Now, with that said, where does that development come along? How does Pitt get there? Obviously, with Pat Narduzzi, the strength has been the defense. And this is over the course of however many years it's been now, eight years since Pat Narduzzi took over at Pitt. But what can they do to get there? Now, the schedule starts off relatively easy, and we'll get into this more in the second segment which could get them on the right foot, at least when it comes to the offense. When it comes to bringing Phil Dracovic in and reuniting him with Frank Signetti Jr., this offense has to go under some procedures. It has to go under getting Ronnie Hammond accustomed to a full workload at running back. It has to come with Phil Dracovic developing chemistry with his wide receivers. It has to come with developing depth at wide receiver. And for me, if you listen to the ACC Nation podcast and the pit season preview that I did uh, last week, you would have heard my largest concern with this roster is the wide receiver depth. Now, reports have been coming out of the south side. And from what I saw from the day I was there is that there's going to be some freshmen that are going to have to step up at that wide receiver position. And it makes sense when you have Guys like Zion Fowler and company. When you have a Kenny Johnson and company, when you have wide receivers that are able to go up and get it, like they have draft, like they have drafted. I'm in mean Steelers, both, like they have recruited and scouted, and now have on this roster. There's going to be a competition for that fourth wide receiver position. Where does the depth come in? Where does it develop? How does it develop? And what is going to be the strongest point of development? Keyword for Frank Signetti, Phil Dracovic, and that receiving unit. So there's a lot to be sorted out, I believe, between now and September 2nd when Wofford visits Ackershire Stadium, at least when it comes to the offense. When it comes to Pitt's defense, I understand that there are the losses of Kalijah Kansi and Servassier Dennis and Eric Hallett and Brandon Hill and others to account for. I understand this defense is going to go under a youth movement in some ways. I understand this defense is not going to have the same personnel that it has had in years past, essentially. When you look at the ACC championship game, for example, Kalijah Kansi, obviously. Servasie Dennis was your green dot. Eric Hallett was the game MVP, and he was an impact at safety. Brandon Hill, an impact at safety. But there are still plenty of good pieces coming back to that defense. And I think that that is going to be the key for Pitt to start to build this foundation and build throughout the season, and it's a quick turnaround process, keep in mind. The first ACC game is against North Carolina, who, for my money, could win the league. I would have picked them to win the league, maybe despite their defense. Drake May, obviously, Heisman contender. If not number two, he could be number one in that pecking order right now. So a quick turnaround before Pitt has to open up their ACC schedule against UNC in week four. Obviously, Wofford, FCS opponent. Cincinnati undergoing a quarterback shift, a coaching change, maybe some systems being put in place. So that Cincinnati game week two is at a good time. And then West Virginia, that is a game Pitt that should win. Obviously, last year was closer than the experts probably thought it was going to be. So Pitt has a good schedule to open with. They have time to develop this offense. They have time to install these young pieces on defense. And there's a good recipe, there's a good feeling for what Pitt could bring in this 2023 season. And I think, and we'll talk about this on the other side of this break here on the H2P podcast, I think there is a good chance that Pitt not only lives up to that over-under total of six and a half, but I think they jump it a little bit. I'll explain why on the other side of this break right here on the H2P podcast. Okay, segment two of the H2P podcast here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Corey Christen with you, kind of bringing us back into the mindset, bringing us back into football season, bringing us back into the fall vibes, the pumpkin spice, the gourds, the all of the fun fall aesthetics, and certainly football is the main one. Pitt kicks off its season September 2nd against Wofford at Acresher Stadium. And that, to me, is just a good start. Obviously, a bye game for Wofford. Obviously, it's going to be an FCS opponent that Pitt should defeat pretty handily. But when it comes to these kind of games, especially in a season-opening environment, it's going to come down to how Pitt looks. How does Pitt beat Wofford? How does Pitt go out in Week 1 in a first real look at the offense, and a first real look at the young pieces on the defense, And how does this team beat an FCS opponent? Do they stomp them into the dirt? Is it a skate-by victory? I'm not going to call an upset. I don't think that happens, but I think you understand what I'm getting at. This schedule, to me, opens up relatively easy and then gets ridiculously difficult later in the season. And I think that could be, for better or worse, for Pitt. Again, the over-under in Vegas is 6.5. I would, for entertainment purposes only, depending on where you live, I would take that over. I think Pitt is comfortably, comfortably a seven to nine win football team. And the number I would put on Pitt is eight. Looking at the schedule, and it's a pretty tough one. It's it's a tough one for the scope of the season. It's a tough one for the length of the season. It's a tough one for the travel environment, and for just getting accustomed to. So they start off relatively easy, right? Wofford, Cincinnati, at West Virginia, pretty decent start to that season. But then Pitt, right away to start ACC play on September 23rd, has to face UNC. Then they go to Virginia Tech, a program that is still kind of building itself back up, but at the same time, going into Blacksburg to try to win at Virginia Tech is a hard task for just about anybody. So that's going to be a good game. Then they're home against Louisville on October 14th. That game, remember last year, Louisville, Pitt should have beat Louisville going in. They were favored, et cetera, and then blew a complete dud against them. So that Louisville game, we can't circle as an immediate win quite yet. However, I think Pitt has a good chance there. At Wake Forest, October 21, and then at Notre Dame, October 28. Notre Dame ranked 13 in the first AP poll of the season. Good team. Marcus Freeman, good coach, has the program stable. And I think Sam Hartman can have a bounce back here for Notre Dame. Then Pitt hosts Florida State on November 4. And call me crazy, call me what you want, but I think there is a good shot that Pitt can at least keep it close against Florida State. If they can neutralize Jordan Travis, if they can keep – track of Jared Verse on the defensive line. I think Pitt can give itself a shot in this game. Take Florida State's two best players away, and that's how you start it off. If you can contain Jordan Travis and contain Jared Verse, you give yourself a chance. And I think Pitt has the personnel to do either or both of those. If you can do both, then you have a good shot, at least. Keep it close, potentially win the game. Florida State, I will acknowledge, is a more talented team. Florida State, I will acknowledge, probably wins this football game. But I think Pitt has a chance to keep it close. Then Pitt is at Syracuse, which is at Yankee Stadium, of course, on November 11. Syracuse's program, not where it was a few years ago under Dino Babers. I expect Pitt to win that game. Then they host Boston College, and then the season finale at Duke, to me, is so interesting coming off of Thanksgiving. Because Duke can be, in my opinion... Anywhere from team number four in the ACC to team number nine in the ACC. And I do mean that. I think they have a lot of ranges as to where they could go this year. Obviously, the quarterback is good in Riley Leonard. They have a good offensive line. They have good pieces returning on their defense. But I need to see a body of work from Duke, and I need to see if Coach Elko, Mike Elko, could do it again. I need to see if Duke can follow up what they were able to do last year in some successful points and do it again in 2023. I expect Pitt to go 8-4 and in the regular season. That is my stamp-it-in, seal-of-approval, record prediction for Pitt this year. The losses I project as of right now are at Notre Dame, against Florida State, potentially against Duke, and UNC. And I would not be surprised if Louisville found a way to beat Pitt again this year. So I will say one of the Louisville or Duke games could be a loss. And then I think they lose to North Carolina, Florida state and Notre Dame this year. I think those are the three games that are the hardest to win. I think those are the three games that are most likely going to be against Pitt. Pitt will not be favored in Pitt should be favored in relatively most of the rest of the games, if not all of the rest of the games aside from UNC and Florida state and Notre Dame. But I do think that Pitt has a ceiling, a ceiling of winning nine games. And that would come with beating one of Duke or Louisville and having both of those games as wins. But I still would favor UNC, Florida State, Notre Dame against Pitt as three almost sure favor, favored against Pitt teams that should beat Pitt, teams that I do think beat Pitt. So we're obviously going to break these matchups down as the dates get closer. Uh, Next week when Gary returns, we are going to get into Wofford and get into camp and get into talking about rosters and everything and lineups and depth charts and all that fun stuff. But today I wanted a shorter show. I wanted to get us back into the groove. I wanted to get us back into the swing of things. I wanted to get us back into a football Mindset, thinking of where Pitt is, the state of the ACC, where Pitt rests into the ACC going into this year, and I think it's going to be another good year for Pat Narduzzi and the Panthers, at least in ACC competition. It's a tough schedule as the season goes along. I think they could start five and one, with the loss being against UNC. But I think that back half of the season is going to be tough, and we're going to see some growing pains. Along the way with the offense, we're going to see a couple of young guys on the defense experience some growing pains. But I think that defense has a lot of potential. And we'll talk way more about that when Gary Morgan's back, when we're back into a consistent flow on the south side, and really just when we're back in that football groove. There's a good groove that comes with college football. And I'm really looking forward to getting back into that. Again, apologies for a lack of show here over the last few weeks. Things have been obviously focused on the Steelers and their training camp over in La Trobe, but we're back home. We're in the environment. We're getting ready for September 2, and we're glad that you can join us along the ride. So for Gary Morgan, we'll talk to him next week. My name is Corey Christen. This has been the return of the H2P podcast here on DK Pittsburgh Sports, and we'll talk to you next week.